we welcome and thank Georgina Campbell, who is New Zealand Herald's Wellington Issues reporter. Morena. Morena. Will Transmission Gully ever be in the rearview mirror? <laughs> it sort of feels like the longest road um, and it's got plenty more to go. Uh, the latest development in this $1.25 billion motorway out of Wellington is that the contractors who built it are taking Waka Kotahi uh, New Zealand Transport Agency to court. Now, this kind of centres around the fact that when the road was opened in March last year, it wasn't actually technically finished. There was immense public pressure to get it open. There had been several budget blowouts and delays due to things like COVID-19 and severe weather events. So there was sort of a desire to get the road open and iron out the finer details later. And I think that's what's really coming back to haunt Waka Kotahi and the parties involved. Um, so the court action sort of centres around this unfinished work. Um, and of course, it's 19 months later and things like a new State Highway 59 connection um, is unfinished. There's resurfacing at an interchange that needs doing. There are recreational tracks along parts of the route that need building and maintenance access tracks. The big thing here that I'm really interested in is that when the road opened, they agreed that um, you know some of the the quality testing and consenting tasks um, and things like that could be sort of um, deferred, uh, and 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 so those things still haven't been um, brought up to the standard, if you like, that Waka Kotahi expects, and and that's where that point of contention is. So, so it's, who's suing whom? Though who's suing whom, or, or going to yeah, court so against whom? So, so the contractors, um, so that's CPB and HEB, they're the ones who built the road and they are suing Waka Kotahi NZ Transport Agency. Both have declined to comment, so it's difficult to get their side of the story in this instance until it's heard in the courtroom. But, but how is the company that that is alleged, I presume, or that Waka Kotahi believes hasn't finished the work, how is it taking the action against Waka Kotahi? Does it come down to what was required in the contracts or something? Or we don't yes, know? It, from, from what I can sort of read between the lines, if you like, it, I think there is a dispute over um, the standard to which okay. these works need to be completed. Okay. And Waka Kotahi um, sort of has the standard that it says is in the contract. And I think that's that's where the point of contention is. Oh, goodness. The last time there was a long delay, wasn't that the last time that the parties were having a um, discussion? around how this was going to unfold. Well, I think this was over the money involved, right? Yes, and, and that's the other thing. I mean, they haven't even agreed yet on the, the sort of financial fallout of the Delta outbreak that threw the country into lockdown. I keep checking in on that, and there's no resolution to that. So we're calling this a $1.25 billion road, but it'll almost certainly cost more than that between, you know, these lawyers' fees and and whatever the, the fallout from Delta ends up being. Uh, there you go. Uh, it's as we said. It just seems to go on and on. At least it's open. <laughs> at least, uh, yeah. At least it's open. Now this is quite the mystery, and I'm sure there is a high level of concern. But as yet, there's no answer to the question of what has happened to this woman who paddled out to sea in a kayak. 
we know a little bit more about the backstory of his situation, but what else do we know some, goodness, two weeks or more on, Georgina? Yes, so this is Michaela Ledger. She's aged 29 from Ōtaki, and she was last seen paddling out to sea in a yellow kayak, um, and this was on Saturday, October 21. So she allegedly stole a single-seat kayak from a property and entered the water at Raumati Beach around 8pm. Uh, it turns out that she disappeared five days before she was due to appear in court on drug-related charges. And after failing to appear in court, police have now issued a warrant for her arrest as well as continuing the search for her. So she's facing charges um, including failing to stop for police, um, possession of meth and cannabis, um, and a few other charges. So there have been extensive searches for her her. Um, and over the weekend, actually, um, police searched four islands um, near where she disappeared, but have failed to unearth any clues as to her whereabouts. So that would be Mana, um, Kapiti. Are there other ones as well that would be, in theory, able to be reached by kayak? Yeah, so they've searched the co- uh, the coastlines of Kapiti, Aeroplane, Fisherman's and Brown's Islands okay. by foot and boat, we're told this morning. Um, and we've also confirmed uh, the council, um, Kapiti Coast District Council confirmed a, a dog photographed alongside Michaela. I'm sure a lot of people would have seen that, that photograph that's being used, has since been returned to its owner. Um, it was initially being cared for by the council's animal management team, and it's understood that the dog's owner actually knows Michaela. Okay, so Mana was, was perhaps be too far south to reach, but they've, they've, they've searched whatever islands they believe could be a destination. And what are their other theories at the moment? There's been nothing, uh, has there been anything wash up that might cause concern or? There has been there have been no other items that police um, no no items that police have found. Um, so it's very mysterious. It's sort of like she's vanished into thin air. They have asked people um, over the weekend to sort of um, check their properties in in that coastal area and Kapiti, um, any sleepouts, things like that. Um, but yeah, nothing nothing has has turned up. But look, if anybody has seen um, a kayak or, or anything of interest contact police because they'd be very keen to hear from you. Now the Wellington City Council took exception to some citizens who put out an economic report talking about the the, the dreaded $1 billion hole. We're always talking about fiscal holes. Um, However, when it did come to reveal the state of its finances, uh, was it far off? (laughs) Yeah, look, it's... um it's grim reading. Basically, the council has finally released what it's looking at cutting um, ahead of its 10-year budget. I'd like to say that, you know, I don't think that kind of challenge is insurmountable and in that I think, um, you know, they they can work through this. But some of the cuts are going to really hurt um, you know, we're, they're looking at pulling the funding to rebuild Kandala Pool. They're looking at ditching skate park refurbishments, um, deferring road surfacing and, and this thing called sweating assets, which is like sports fields, for example. It's using them right up until they absolutely have to replace them, which, of course, is kind of risky um, in case they um, fail prematurely or become unusable sports fields. 
Um, so Mayor Tori Fano has uh, said, look, this is far from an austerity budget. She's promised to continue to invest in the city and insists that this is not a financial crisis. But, you know, even the council's controversial but award-winning citywide cycleway network rollout has not gone unscathed. So the council is looking at cutting what remains of the project by $81 million, bringing the total cost to $110 million. So the full cycleway network will still be delivered, but the trade-offs include things like a lower level of, of separation between cyclists and cars. And it was Councillor Diane Calvert who um, first sought legal advice back in September to reveal that the council needed to cut capital expenditure by tens of millions of dollars, if not hundreds of millions of dollars in the coming years. And she was right. I mean, th- th- these are big cuts um, that certainly amount to over $100 million. There's other mysteries to me, and we'll get to those. But first, was there anything about the Golden Mile revamp? That was another matter where um, the mayor was saying those contracts are going to be signed before the election. It's all about to happen. Is that necessarily the case? Yeah, we sort of keep hearing that the contracts are going to be signed imminently and um, they they are yet to be signed uh, last time I checked anyway, um, which was the end of last week. And uh, I mean, my understanding is that they are just going ahead with the Golden Mile revamp as planned. So this is removing private vehicles from Lampton Quay um, up to Courtney Place and uh, making improvements for pedestrians and cyclists and um, and and, and that sort of thing. So, I mean, it's interesting because while the special votes are in, um, the government is yet to be formed. National has said it will kill Let's Get Wellington moving. And if the contract remains unsigned for the Golden Mile, then they'll get rid of that too. So I think there's still time um, to kind of lock that in before um, the government gets itself well, sorted. The question is whether it is wise to. Because let's get Wellington moving as a combination of local money and government money, right? And if the government money mm. disappears, um, you're left with a whole bunch of unresolved roading issues in Wellington or transport issues more broadly. And second, reading you know, uh, reading yesterday, um, and, and Morning Report picked up on this, you've also got Wellington Water saying it's a billion dollars a year mm. to upgrade these pipes for as far as we can see. No council can fund it and probably no uh, new entity can fund it. Budgets are interesting things when certain things are left off, Georgina. <laughs> yes, look, my view is is that National has bigger fish to fry. In terms of their transport policy, what they campaigned on was getting rid of Let's Get Willing to Moving and, and building the second Mount Vic Tunnel. I honestly think they're more interested in that than, than the Golden Mile. So if, you know, I would highly doubt that they would take the money away if that contract ends up being mm. signed. Um, any relief that the council um, might privately be feeling um, from the money saved, you know, from Let's Get Wellington moving, um, you know, light rail and all the rest of it being axed is quickly soaked up, as yeah. you say, by other things like the just eye-watering um, cost to fix the pipes because we're not getting Labor's water reforms. Um, interesting, interestingly, Upper Hutt City Council um, Mayor Wayne Guppy has actually called for an extension, a one-year extension on his council's long-term plan because of that uncertainty around water so, so reforms. So how can you put a budget together with that with that size of, of, of obligation just sitting to one side? And talking of sweating assets, I think we've sweated those assets so much that the, the sweat's bursting out from underground. Uh, just very quickly, also, 
also on the Golden Mile, there's been a lot of pushback from business. There's only a minute left. And, you know, another uh, eatery in Wellington announcing it's closing its doors yesterday. That's two within a week. More expected to follow. There just doesn't seem to be a buying of this argument that this is not the time to be making access to the central city uh, any more challenging than it already is. They they seem pretty resolved, Georgina, the council. uh, Well, some of them anyway. Yes, what I'd say about the dining situation is that high-end dining is really doing it tough. It um, really is. Mm. Field and Green and Shepherd in less than two weeks saying they're closing. I've also written a story about the Ram, a really cool new bar on Cuba Street that's just opened and it is absolutely humming. Mm. So there, there is a space on the Golden Mile, um, but the yeah, yeah but there's a changing. space if you make your money out of alcohol, uh, not so much <laughs> if you make your money out of food. Um, and yeah, that that is that is true. There's no doubt. There's a very fundamental shift underway, uh, understandably, with people's discretionary spend, even in one of the higher income uh, cities, um, really under pressure. Georgina, thank you so much as always. Georgina Campbell is New Zealand Herald's Wellington Issues reporter.